You're wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Here to talk about Batman or the, the, Batman, the Batman, I guess. I mean, how many Batmans have we covered on this podcast? Like, have we, oh. has there been a movie? Ooh. I guess Justice League. But that yes, we counts. did. We did cover this, the, the infamous four hour long Snyder cut. <laughs> um, <laughs> we definitely didn't talk about the Dark Knight. That, that would have oh, yeah, been. No. I mean, I think I'm sure it's come up before, but that's too old. And there, this is the most recent Batman movie, aside from the Ben Affleck ones. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So we haven't correct. had a so we haven't had a proper Batman movie since The Dark Knight <sighs> well, Rises. It feels like this is the tenth in like the last six months, but that's not actually the case. No, it's not. This is Matt Reeves, the Batman, starring Robert Pattinson. Um, originally announced and started filming in 2019, but then things got shut down because he broke his wrist. And then they started back up sort of mid-COVID and he got COVID, Robert did. And so it closed down again. And so it's been a uh, long-awaited uh, off-discussed, um, big-budget film that would be the first of a new Batman franchise within the DCEU, but also not in the DCEU because it's like a spin-off to the DCEU like the Joker was, where it's just another Batman because why not? Yeah, I guess the Joker, I guess the Joker um, movie is probably what I am why I'm cringing at the thought of another Batman because we had to endure that whole pipeline. Yes. And yes. that was a bat and that was another Joker that we did not need. Um I also think that this was when this was announced, it wasn't announced like, oh, they're looking for a Batman. It was announced like, oh, they're making a new Batman with yeah. Robert Pattinson. And I think everybody was sort of shocked when that news came out because <laughs> Robert Pattinson doesn't typically do franchise stuff. I mean, he did Twilight, but since then he's done mostly like indie movies. He seems to have like sort of gotten, tried to run as far away from these big. I mean, he did Tenet. Well, yes, that again, but that was more recently. I think when the news broke that this came out, I don't know if we knew he was in Tenet yet or we didn't know he what was... Tenet was. Well, yeah, I, Tenet had not come out, but he yes. found out he was Batman while filming Tenet. So. Okay. Okay. A close okay. timeline, but yes. The world was not ready for the news that Robert Pattinson held multitudes. But if you look at his at Robert Pattinson's filmography since Twilight to Tenet, it has been almost completely random weird things yeah. that you've never <laughs> heard of. So for him to be cast as Batman, and also, I mean, Robert Pattinson, let's be real, is very attractive, but he's not necessarily like an action hero. I think when you think of people who are going to get cast as Batman, you know, you wouldn't be, you're more looking towards your like Chris Hemsworth uh, of the world and not necessarily to Robert Pattinson. So it was kind of sh surprising when they said it was him. Yeah. But I mean, Chris Hemsworth was cast as Thor as a nobody. And you know, it's like, huh, I think we do have preconceived ideas on uh, our, our heroes these days, but it's also like Matt Reeves is kind of a weird director choice because he's not like a well-known like he did dawn of the planet of the apes which honestly no no it's a perfect film love it still enjoy it <laughs> he also wrote and directed war of the planet of the apes which is the third one which is not in my opinion as good but is interesting to see the pipeline coming directly from that because he hasn't done much since then to writing well, and I, directing this one i feel like his big credit is cloverfield Okay, Clover. His big credit is definitely Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Those are bigger movies than Cloverfield was. Yeah, but I mean, I know. Okay, one, I never saw the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, okay, I understand okay, okay, that okay, it's like yeah, a bigger right. franchise. <laughs> yeah. But like, that was, it's not like he came up with Planet of the Apes. That was, it was based right. on a 
like there were old movies they were Planet of the Apes, and then he <sighs> came in and directed one. Oh, yes, mad, 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 mad. They yes, were pre- they were like spinoffs. They were like prequels. They're original stories. They're not like remakes. I well, I understand that, but <laughs> I'm just saying that it was a already established. Like yes, the reason he was, why, the he reason was why he became director, famous yeah. is because he was a Cloverfield director, and Cloverfield obviously took off in a massive way yeah. that wasn't expected. Yeah. That's like what created Matt right. Reeves, and then they gave him the Planet of the Apes franchise. Yes, which he did great things with. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, he he wasn't like it's not like he's an established guy. He's done that and mostly other TV stuff, and he hasn't written a lot except for Dawn and um and now a bunch of tv and now this um but yeah so it was kind of like this weird side project that felt a lot like the joker which you know was given to this guy who did comedy and now he was suddenly doing a dark (laughs) highbrow i guess if you consider it well done joker origin story um so the dceu is sort of split in trying to make itself relevant and they recognized that Joker was one of their bigger hits. Like, whether you like it or not, it was nominated for, like, 11 uh, Oscars. And we had to deal with that whole thing. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. And then they're also trying to make Peacemaker and, like, the comedy side of the DC happen. And, like, having more fun with the Suicide Squad and stuff like that. And so it seemed like this was just kind of like, yeah, I guess, sure. Try making the Batman. But we're still on board with Ben Affleck at this moment. Like, we're still going to maybe do other Batman. So it's like... A low pressure and yet a high pressure situation because, again, it's the Batman. I mean, I feel like DCEU is just like throwing shit at the walls at (laughs) this point. And they're like, you know, we have truly no idea what's going to work. We have no vision for what is happening. (laughs) We are just like trying stuff out. And if if it happens to go well, it happens to go well. Because the things don't really connect with each other. Uh, yeah, we have like random TV shows. They're basically like remaking the Suicide Squad with the same. It, it's like all over the place. Mm-hmm. Nothing has the same vibe. Nothing has the same vision. Things connect when they want to, but also when they don't need them to, they don't. Um, so that's creativity, baby. <laughs> I guess I, and I think this is how superhero franchises worked in general prior to the MCU coming along and then obviously they are tying in everything. They're going back and tying in movies that weren't even connected in the first place where (laughs) DC is not doing that. Yeah. So you should admire this because you don't like that. You have to know everything about Marvel to enjoy a Marvel film. Whereas this is like completely separate. And yes, they're slotted for a trilogy. I think at this point of Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, Batman's, but it isn't like a tangled web where suddenly Robert Pattinson will be working with Jason Momoa and yes. fighting fishes. So, right. Um, yeah, it is a standalone. It's kind of a weird cast. The way they talked about it, the way they pitched it, the way they promoted it, it was clear that it was trying to be edgy, trying to be like kind of horror adjacent, sort of film noir, um, emo Batman. And um, I guess question first questions first did you enjoy it <laughs> was it well, a success i feel like they were going back and trying to sort of rebottle what they they were taking the joker and they were taking the dark knight and i think they were trying to go for something mm. like kind of in between the two because obviously those were successful and i think you can see a lot of elements of both of those in this see i think you're assuming much more corporate overlording than actually happened because I think Matt Reeves had a very specific vision and it was based on like 70s like direct uh, detective movies like film noir stuff Fincher style and that's what he pulled through like I don't think it was like you know whoever (laughs) I don't remember the production team is it like 20 percent I don't know Warner Brothers Warner Brothers Brothers. yeah if they were like, you know what, the Joker worked, but we also like Dark Knight, so give us a black, give us a dark Batman. Like, I think it was more the Joker is like so empty and like just shallow and unimpressive as time goes on. Whereas this does like feel like it's faithful to what Matt Reeves wanted, which was like a fan servicey comic book honoring Batman as the world's greatest detective film noir experience. Yes, I mean, I, I'm, I, 
I guess I don't think that Warner Brothers was like, here are these two movies. We want you to mix them together and make something. But I definitely think that somehow or another, this movie is sort of an amalgamation of Mm -hmm. those two movies, whether that's what they had planned Mm -hmm. or they were just sort of like working off that model or just because Batman is sort of like a darker figure in general, that that's where they kind of ended up. I don't know, but it felt like to me at least, like they sort of took the, um, like the Batman from Dark Knight that's sort of this like troubled anti-hero and <laughs> then they, what are you laughing at? I'm sorry. It's just... You don't I think mean, he's a troubled anti-hero in this? First, it's just like, it's a stark opposite of Christian Bale's Batman and secondly, not that I've like It's not read... that far opposite. It is very far, are you? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, no, 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 no. We can't derail this quickly. But, um, I mean, arguably, Dark Knight is not the inspiration for Matt Reeves or most Batmans because the Batman has, you know, hundreds of dozens of iterations and stories in the comic books, which Matt Reeves has spoken about which ones inspired him. And, like, I think it's it's kind of lazy to just be like, oh, this is like the Dark Knight because understand. they're troubled. But the Batman source material is always going to be troubled because it's this it's this kid who's like dealing with his trauma by becoming a vigilante <laughs> like that's not christian i that's do not, not think that it Nolan. is a far stretch at all to say that this movie is similar to the dark knight and is similar to the joker the fact that you were like what i'm baffled these films are so completely I mean, look different at, i don't know how, look at how be christian bale plays batman batman is is like cool he's like He's punk. He learns how to fight. But then he's also this like hot, suave, sort of James Bondy, double life, secret agent type who's just spending his money, having fun doing it because he's motivated to make the city a better place. Where it's like he goes on this journey, this hero's journey in Batman Begins, where he learns what he needs and realizes the people, no matter how troubled, are worth saving. This Batman is a loser kind of emo kid who's never been able to process his feelings, is kind of like stuck in his shadows, letting the Bruce Wayne persona fall apart because he doesn't feel at home anywhere except the place where he can like channel his rage and avenge his parents' death to a like extreme degree where he's like diarying about like, I am vengeance, I am shadow, like he's delusional. (laughs) And I think this Batman movie is interesting because instead of making him this shiny, like polished superhero to root for, it's like, oh, is this guy like in the right right now? Yeah, uh, but isn't that the whole, like, I guess... In comparison to, like, Marvel movies and the, like, glossy superhero patina that we have, this, yes, maybe Christian Bale sort of, like, starts off as this playboy and has that persona to him as the Bruce Wayne character, but the whole point of the of the Dark Knight and why it was so popular is because it was giving us this, like, gritty, darker, edgier version of superheroes, and it was calling it a question of, like, what is a hero? Are you a hero, or do you live long enough to become the villain? Like, that's the whole question. The bad guys were much more were much less cartoony and much more like these sinister, troubled, like, um, angry people who I think we are, again, sort of getting obviously this is the Riddler and not the Joker, but it's like, it's operating in that same sort of space. So I don't like, yes, I understand that there are differences, but I also think that they are more similar than if we were to compare this to any other superhero movie. Right. I guess my point was more that the Batmans themselves, like, yes, you have the same storylines, the same questions of like, what what is my purpose? Am I doing a good job? But I think the lenses that they look at it with and ultimately criticize, you know, I feel like they're just different in a way that it feels like, like, like especially with the fact that this is set up as sort of a procedural detective story, whereas the Christopher Nolan films, even as he became more brooding and as he became more lost in despair, it was always like, I don't know, just like a, I'm muscle man. I go beat flesh. And this is more like, you know, Batman slowly walking through hallways, studying um, (laughs) clues in the carpet. Yeah. And so it didn't feel as like, 
like it is obviously an action movie and there is a lot of violence but ultimately it's like a lot of talking and shadowed corners yeah. and stuff it's like a lot it's a lot less actiony than the dark knight rises for sure yeah. or the uh, any of the dark knight movies which i feel like is more is more headed into the sort of joker space because that wasn't super actiony either right but the uh, and I really did like the sort of detective plot line of this because I love that. And I think that choosing the Riddler as the bad guy for a detective plot line also makes a lot of sense and works. Yeah. I kind of think I was thinking about this while I was watching the movie about Batman as a superhero. Yeah. I think some of the super like obviously all of these heroes were created in what, like the 60s, 70s, like in, in a very different age. Mm-hmm. Um and we're built out, and I think sort of, not not exactly the same, but similar to something like West Side Story, these stories were created and sort of, like, locked as a permanent piece of the canon in a very different time period. Mm-hmm. And so now we have these very specific character traits that we associate with these um, superheroes. And Batman is sort of a tricky one because he's, like, this rich uh playboy who has all this money but whose parents were killed and and is sort of like has a little bit of like a white saviory component in there as well and now we're having to try to figure out like okay how do we sort of make this like rich privileged white man going around fighting lower class people for the most part a uh, like redeemable character and mm-hmm. so I think you kind of have to go like one of two ways with this where you either go like very heightened very stylized very like we're taking this out of the real world and we're putting it in something else so that we can sort of just make it this fun experience and not really question mm-hmm. the real world aspects of it or we have to do what this movie does which is sort of like steer directly into the kind of darkness of it and and try to have a batman that is confronting these issues as the audience is confronting these issues right and i i don't know how much it worked in this movie for me like i think it did in some aspects but then at other parts i was sort of like huh like it was maybe too on the nose or it it didn't have enough solution there to justify the Yeah. yeah 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 i was like i Like, I don't know if making Batman, like, super, super sad and super, super broody necessarily makes me all of a sudden be like, okay, well, now I, now even though he's, like, this rich white person, blah, 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 that now I can support him, you know? Yeah, no, I have my issues with (laughs) the billionaire Batman. But what I absolutely, like, overall, I think this movie got a B from me. It wasn't my favorite. I still, like dark knight more as an entity um i felt like this was too long and dragged in a lot of ways that could have been cleaned up but i absolutely loved (laughs) how it seemed to be just highlighting batman's own dumbassery like it was like at the very beginning when he's talking to Alfred for the first time and Alfred's like hey um (laughs) your billionaire status like your family legacy is going down the drain and he's like that is not my family (laughs) that's not my family legacy I am the Batman is like this is what matters and it's like dude you could be solving so much more problems in this city if you were using your billions well and I like that they set that up in the beginning and then in the final sort of second act twist you realize oh shit it's like it was his family's financial legacy of this billion um, billion dollar like uh, renewal project that's actually causing all these problems that's actually being abused because it's being mismanaged because there's no oversight from the family of, that started it, which was the Wayne family, which is Bruce, which he's trying to create, <laughs> he's trying to fix problems that he's technically created because, I mean, obviously he's a child at the time, but since then he hasn't like involved himself in the Wayne company business and it has thus fallen into the evil hands. And I thought that was like so much more interesting and kind of insulting of Bruce, proving that Bruce Wayne's uh, ideology around becoming the Batman to solve problems is inherently unproductive. And so I felt like that was a really interesting and compelling character piece which I think they could have done a better job of kind of finalizing in the end because 
it's obviously meant to be you know they can't get rid of the batman so it has to like continue to be the batman so his like sort of really aha moment is oh i am doing this wrong but maybe i can still do it right as the batman which is like okay we're learning we're growing you know baby steps but i think matt reeves purposely was trying to you know one reflect our modern day society like you were saying and our our sensibilities but two really explore this weird character that thinks that he has it so bad the only way he can process his pain is through years of beating up poor people on the trains, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I do think that, I think that that's an interesting aspect to it, but also I feel like they didn't really like hit that as hard as they needed to. Yeah. Cause the, cause it's like that comes up and then I feel like the ending or where sort of Batman actually lands on things is like, uh, is that scene where he's like putting people from the flooding on the helicopter or whatever. And he's sort of like, now I'm a, (laughs) now I'm helping the, now I'm Batman's doing humanitarian work, you know? Right. It's like Batman's (laughs) building houses with Jimmy Carter. Um, So. I mean, let's like look at how they intended this because Robert Pattinson is a delight on the, on the publicity front, he's going around just spilling his guts on what he really thinks about this character, which is basically he goes around saying um, he's a freak, like it's not healthy what he's doing. Um, you know, when he talks about his family legacy, some people read it as like, I don't have a purpose, but I read it as like, I'm checking it out and that makes it so sad. And he views Batman as sort of this like tragic arrested development kind of kid who doesn't know how to process except behind a mask. And that makes him kind of this like weirdo loser who's, who's not actually doing anything helpful for himself or his city. And like Matt Reeves was like, yeah, I wanted to do like this detective story because Batman again in the comics is always a good detective, but he wanted to explore this idea of vengeance. And is that really the right approach to solving problems? And like, can we have an awakening for Batman where he realizes like, huh, this is kind of a weird path I've chosen, but maybe there's ways to iron out the kinks going forward. And I just think like, yes, this Batman's like darker and grittier and there's a lot of brutality, but there's also like this, absolute loser emo kid just like hanging out in the shadows of his horrifically pretentious gothic manner just talking about like how he can't find value outside of this like insular cave and he's awkward around girls he's awkward around people he doesn't know how to do anything he's just like a real loser like a sad kid and a weirdo and I think the fact that they wanted to make a Batman movie that didn't make Batman inherently likable was kind of an interesting and fun uh, journey for me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I can see that. I can see how if that's like, if that's why you liked it, then that was, would be a good reason to like it. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I, (laughs) I, I like Robert Pattinson and I think that he is, uh, you know, perfectly decent in this movie. I'm not sure he's really given a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I don't dislike long movies inherently, but I feel like if it's going to be long, I need a reason for it to be long. And I need for the pe- the last hour to really be like the climax of the mm-hmm. film. Because otherwise that last hour, I'm just sitting in the theater, like growing more and more resentful of the entire uh, operation and getting saltier and more annoyed with everything that's happening on screen, which I feel like is what happened to me while I was watching this movie. The first, I would say hour and a half that is the more... heavily mystery side of things where the Riddler is killing these people in sort of um, saw franchise type ways and is leaving behind these riddles which Batman is having to solve and they're sort of like running around the city and then you also have the plot line with Catwoman, uh, the Zoe Kravitz character where she's trying to find her friend who's somehow gone missing involved with this sort of like gang plot line. There's a lot of like interesting moving pieces I think Mm -hmm. and 
So I was very compelled by the mystery, compelled by what was happening. I liked the mystery element of it. Mm -hmm. I think that the back third, it sort of like stagnates because that's when we finally get to all of the all of the stuff with the renewal bill and the different people who owe money and blah, 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 which I feel like is, is not the most thrilling sort of mm-hmm. um, piece of this. That's also when we get to the more philosophical elements of like, why are we doing what we're doing? And then also in a sort of bizarre move, they kidnap the Riddler or the, the Riddler gets captured before the final scene. So he's in jail. And then we get a very uh, like n- nonsensical plot line to me that I had a lot of trouble following where like the Riddler has recruited other people online to try to like flood the city and then everybody's going to go to Madison square garden, but it's like, why are they going to go there? Because that's going to flood eventually. Anyways, I thought the point was that it was higher ground, but there's also a political rally there and they're going to like attack the Batman. So then there's like a fight scene, but it's, but it's him just fighting <laughs> no, against a I bunch of random was, people. It was never, and the ever, Riddler's ever not there. The Batman. The Riddler wanted a big finale. The Riddler is a, yeah, I, I agree that it was kind of messy, but to help ease your concerns, the general idea was that the Riddler wanted a big finale, so he didn't care if he got caught because he'd already planted this, which is that he had set up to break the the levees so that the ocean right. would flood over yes. the city, knowing that there was this big you know, mayoral victory speech at their square garden. And so he wanted his followers, his, you know... Um, few followers who'd been uh what's the word uh like radicalized radicalized um to go and finish what he couldn't because he'd be captured and so they were just gonna go wreak havoc and kill these hypocrites you know the political figures the elite who were all there to celebrate this woman's win and like oh the saving of the city that he believes is past saving and so they're just there to open fire on everyone important in gotham and the flooding is just keeping them trapped there. And it was never about killing Batman because the Riddler thought the Batman would be on his side and thought the Batman would be proud of him for for righting the historic wrongs of Gotham. And so it just so happened that when the Batman started to go against them, then the other people turned on him but, because... But, like, why did they need the flooding? Well, to destroy the city and also to keep everyone trapped. <laughs> And then how did all of these people with guns get into an event that you would assume has some kind of security? (laughs) I mean, maybe the chaos of the flooding. I don't know. Going through the roof. Like, I... I don't know. <laughs> they weren't checking the clear bags and, at Madison Square. But then, night. like the 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 most interesting parts, uh, or not the most interesting bit, but like the the most high action. I feel like section of the film was earlier like oh definitely it's it's a long decline yeah similar to again like west side story where it's like you have the rumble and then it's like all of this just like stuff afterwards that's how i felt watching this where i was like okay the most interesting exciting thing has happened i'm now watching batman fight a bunch of random nobodies on top of a jumbotron like this isn't really doing it for me um Yeah, the third act definitely like lost its steam. And I think, you know, there's pressure for this sort of like big boss battle at the end, you know, that you get in a lot of superhero movies with Batman v Superman and all of that. Every Marvel movie ever. I wasn't mad that it would end up not being the Riddler. It it would end up being softer, but it was way too long. It was too long. There was too many false endings. There was a lot of like weird exchanges towards the end. And I think the problem is that the reveal of the Riddler was unsatisfying compared to the buildup that they'd been setting. Because it was like, oh, shoot, the Riddler knows who Bruce is and he's going to find a way to expose him and or kill him because that's kind of like the Riddler's last obsession was Bruce Wayne and the sins of the father being on the child and stuff like that. And then you go to the showdown where the Riddler has asked to see the Batman in prison and and he's giving this speech where you think it's going to be like, and now I know I'm going to, who's Bruce? Like, who's Bruce? And then it turns out, oh, wait, no, he doesn't actually know who it is. It was just one last straw he couldn't 
solve like oh well we'll go on to the next big finale and batman's like oh shoot what are you gonna do and i literally thought like my husband and i were whispering we're like oh is he like secretly a wayne like is he a brother like was he a love child of bruce wayne's father or is there some sort of connection to the bruce wayne to the wayne family was he was his dad the journalist that got murdered? Like, no, it ended up just being like he was just a sad Miranda. orphan. And it was like, it didn't feel like, like I liked that it was like, you know, these orphans, you know, <laughs> two two orphans uh, diverged in a road and one took the more vigilante and one became a total psychopath. But it didn't feel like earned in a way. Like I wanted, not that everyone needs some sort of cliche comic book backstory, but it seems like they could have given a little bit more to justify the Riddler's obsession with this specific story because it's like, what did the renewal project have to do with him? He was at the like announcement for it, but like I was confused if it was meant to go to those orphans specifically. And so he felt robbed of this chance at, I don't know, like a, <laughs> a million dollars or whatever. Like it just, it didn't end up feeling like it earned his own obsession with that. Um, yeah crime, crime family yeah right or now. he could yeah or he could have been somehow more connected with the the whole like pl- penguin plot yeah. line of the film because it yes it just felt sort of anticlimactic and i agree with you that you know i mean no one has complained more than me about the typical superhero plot line of a film and how it's been done to death but also if you're gonna give me a movie that's three hours long the last <laughs> hour has to have something exciting in it yeah Yeah, because I think they had a lot of interesting moments in the first two acts where, I mean, even just the opening, you're like, oh, is this Batman? And then you realize like, oh, shoot, this is just like a creep in in like duct tape destroying this, killing this man in his home. And there's like very creepy vibes throughout the film. And like, I think the car chase was really interesting and felt like its own sort of, I don't know, like horror-y movie where it's just like, this thing you can't run away from. I really like that chase. And I think um, a lot of like the rain fights and sequences like that were interesting. Well, it was shot so well. It was shot so beautifully. It was, I mean, even from the opening scenes where there's these, um, uh, these bad guys doing sort of like petty crime. And we get these shots of like, of the shadows and yes. you are wondering like, well, is like which one of these shadows is Batman going to come out of? Um, like the whole thing was just so beautifully shot. The, I think it used suspense really well. It used light really well. A lot of the, the music, shadows. Yeah. yeah. The music cues. It was a very beautiful movie, which sort of made me wonder why they dropped this in March. Like obviously <laughs> there's not very much competition, but this does feel like something that you could run slightly on like a joker type model yeah if they had wanted to i don't think that there's any we can sort of talk about the performances in a bit but i don't think there's really anything on that front that was particularly strong but the but definitely the visuals and stuff i think you could have run along with um so yeah it was it was a gorgeous movie but (laughs) yes it was sort of lacking yeah it was like in some ways the whole time i was like oh these are interesting like pieces on paper like i like the ideas being explored here but it was almost like the execution i mean aside from the style like we just talked it was was almost like it kind of fizzled before it landed where it was like the riddles and stuff were cool but then it kind of was like oh he just took a sniper shot at this last guy and it's over and it's like okay i guess that and it's like oh okay like Bruce Wayne was kind of a bad dude, but I guess we're like fine with it because he felt bad about it. Like I, I don't know. I mean, not Bruce Wayne, um, the father. I don't Who? remember his name. <laughs> the Bruce's dad is oh, he a Bruce junior? A... I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Thomas Thomas, Thomas Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it was kind of like even when it was taking so long to get to the final twist, there were things within it that felt like. Like the Thomas Wayne reveal, it was like he goes to Falcone and Falcone's like, oh, it was this other guy who killed him. And then he goes to Alfred and Alfred is like, no, obviously it was Falcone who killed him. And it's like, well, why did we need this back and forth of like 20 minutes of traveling shots and brooding shots and then discussion 
to get back to a point that you could have solved 20 minutes ago and like cut this time down. Because I think if they'd either trimmed some of the like long (laughs) motorcycle journeys or cut one of the Riddler's kills, then it would have felt like a less oppressive runtime because yeah once you get to that third hour you're like checking the clock and you're like what else can they fit in here like why but are also, we needing there's this? things in the third hour that they could have cut oh yeah yeah yeah, 100 like like i think the third hour is where the uh, that has the most things you could cut yeah it kind of just felt like it was I did like not need strange. that last voiceover from batman <laughs> yeah. that one the six hour long you know <laughs> gettysburg address monologue <laughs> he's giving it was just like yeah and it felt weird because it, i thought he was gonna like I thought it was going to end sort of like Jason Bourne where he falls into the water and you think he died and that would be the end of the movie or something. But then that was just like a fake sacrificial Oh, there moment. was like six of those moments. Yeah. Like, okay, cut to black. No, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And so it was just kind of like, it, it felt like they didn't know what note they wanted to end on because they also felt pressure to set up for a sequel. And so you got like a whole Arkham Hospital, like interaction with the Joker meeting the Riddler that felt like we didn't need that and it could have been even a mid credit scene or something. And so... Well, also, they they said in an interview that they're not planning on having the Joker in the next movie. <laughs> yeah. They just sort of, like, wanted to have that... Fan like, throw away. I was... I can't remember... I'm, I'm really kicking myself because I can't remember which TV show this was talking about. But there was an interview recently with somebody who was running a TV show. And they were like, oh, like we've seen all of these TV show runners from things like The Undoing get raked over the coals because they don't have a good ending. So they were like, when we put this together, we like sort of started with the ending and then worked backwards. I can't oh, remember which show <laughs> this was talking. It wasn't Yellow Jack. It was some like mini series that was out recently oh, oh not like a Batman. mystery oh. mini series no but that's what i'm thinking of like with this yeah. movie it feels like that they started with the pieces at the beginning and yes. then didn't know how to get them to the end rather than starting with a good ending and working backwards which i think is a much easier way of creating a satisfying narrative yeah because like the first two hours feel very stylistically similar there's a lot of sort of like gritty violence but there's also weird moments of comedy where you're kind of laughing at the awkwardness of the of bruce wayne not knowing how to act around selena because he's probably a virgin oh i think it might have been mayor of east town oh did that have a good ending i mean i guess if you liked it (laughs) i didn't watch it so but that makes sense yeah i I think that's the show they were talking about um but yeah this is like it it had like moments of campy kind of humor, like the thumb drive, um, uh, the awkwardness around the police officers when he's the Batman versus when he shows up as Bruce. Like I thought everything made sense in the first two hours, but then suddenly it felt like kind of like he has this moment that's meant to be the aha moment with the Riddler when the Riddler's, Riddler's confessing his love for him and is like, we're the same. And he's like, what? He's like, Wait, I'm a ghast. I am not a vigilante psychopath. I'm a vigilante hero. Um, and so I think that was meant to be like a turning moment for him, but it also sacrificed tone and kind of energy from the plot um, for the last hour, which really dragged. I was checking my clock too often. (laughs) Well, also you had, because the movie has two plots that are sort of running concurrently because you have the Riddler plot, but then you also have the plot with the mob boss and the penguin and Zoe Kravitz. And that's much more of a standard plot line, I think that we get, but that one sort of wraps up earlier too. And so I think that also takes some of the steam out of it because that plot line's done, which is like the more, I think has the more satisfying conclusion. And then, and then we're still left with the, all of the stuff in the last bit. Yeah. And it's like, well, what are we supposed to do with Selena Kyle and Catwoman once she gets her justice or whatever? Cause it, it was funny. They had to make an excuse for her to be at the <laughs> Madison square garden. So they have a traffic stop where it's like, it's flooding, ma'am. You got to get out of here. And so she goes into the building and that's how she happens to be there for the final showdown. And it's like, okay, like plot convenience. It's fine. But yeah, she just kind of became an unessential character, but they were really pushing this, they were really pushing this relationship on me and it felt really oh, yeah. unearned. <laughs> when she kissed him, I was like, what? Well, because that's the thing. 
so BuzzFeed did a um, a ranking of the Robert Pattinson movie performances, mm. which I was not a part of writing. And I was reading the list and they put this movie as like Robert Pattinson's, I think like number seven above all of the Twilight movies. And I was like, Robert Pattinson isn't really doing anything in this movie. Like how many <laughs> lines does he actually have on screen like he's, he's acting you know he's, he's walking he's staring he's walking he's staring but it's like other than his the lower half of his face I'm and the handful of scene i mean look you, i'm not job. disagreeing you with uh, with that pull, pull off a cowl like that but he looks great but he i'm like he really isn't given that much to do as a person <laughs> so you think he's better in twilight than he is I think movie? he has at least more stuff going on in Twilight than this. Anywho, they they all disagreed with me. I mean, they wrote the published the piece, and I was like, "How dare you put all like this above all the Twilight movies?" But 100% but the but I think that is what makes their relationship difficult to sort of fathom is because like how many words has she said to the or has this has Batman said to her by the time she kisses him? Yeah, like. Not that many. She doesn't know that he's Bruce Wayne. He's not, um, like, they're not having conversations or meeting up. They're just kind of fighting with each other. And I feel like you get a lot more of her personality in the movie than you do his personality in the movie, even, like, the totality of it. Not even just the scenes where they're together. Yeah, I I had issues with Catwoman. I felt like she was very thinly drawn, and it was like... Oh, well, everybody was thinly drawn in yeah. the movie, I thought. <laughs> I guess that's true i mean yeah i don't know in the lineup of like alfred versus catwoman i guess lena kyle got a little bit more to work with but i felt like if you want me to think that they are flirting with each other just like do a better job of it but if you want me to think batman's a loser who's never been around girls probably just like just context clues then I think well, they could have played the kindly into that housekeeper more. lady, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dottie or whatever her name but was. I think they could have made it like funnier, not even campy, but just like have a moment where he's like, what just happened? Why did you do that type thing? And like realizing like, oh, I've been flirting with you this whole time, dummy or something like that to like clue us in to that, to the weirdness of it for him, because it didn't feel like he should have seen that coming because we as an audience didn't see it coming except for the mere convenience that Catwoman always is flirtatious with Batman. Well, and what is the, like, what is Catwoman getting out of this? Like, is she yeah. just really horny? Is it that thing where they're both just like such sad, depressed people yes. that they're kind of like clinging to each other? Because I think that's probably what they were going for. But if that's the case, then we need like more of, I don't know, somehow that energy, which we didn't really get. Yeah. I felt like, you know, I don't love Anne Hathaway's Catwoman um, for reasons that are similar here where it's very thinly drawn character. But I think they had better chemistry that made you believe that they're they're sort of like flirting and using each other could melt into some like more real connection. And even like thinking about um, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and how she was hitting on Batman. Like, I'm not saying that Selena Kyle has to be overtly sexualized and like f- like just slinking around being like I'm going to flirt my way out of everything but it just was kind of out of the blue and it's like what are you guys like bonding over because then after the kiss she goes on a well-earned I might say rant about white privilege and his his like he's she's like you obviously grew up rich if you're willing to like paint us in broad strokes as the bad guy when it's like how come you're giving me a chance when you caught me stealing too like you don't get to be the guy who gets to say who's good and who's bad, especially if you're not willing to like recognize that there are other things at work here. And like, I had to make choices based on the choices I had, not on the choices you had. And I thought, you know, people come, conservatives complained about the wokeness of, (laughs) of it, but I think that was a very important point in their relationship. And that could have been more interesting and even led to sort of like enemies turned lovers vibe but instead, it just felt like this lazy script moment where they're like, oh, yeah, let's say something about like privilege and then she can kiss him again. And it's like, well, why? <laughs> he, I mean, the character, I think, of Batman in this film is just written so interior, interiorized, whatever. It's <laughs> like such an interior character where he is really not 
interacting with anybody in any kind of meaningful interpersonal way. The only reason why we're getting his thoughts at all is because he's doing all of this writing and has these voiceovers. Otherwise, he's not really very much of a character. So it like, yes, we're supposed to kind of be seeing his development as the film goes on, but he's not in any scene with anybody really giving anything back to them. So she sort of just goes on this monologue to kind of like vent. Mm. And yes, maybe he's taking some of that in and that affects him later on, but not in the conversation or not like in a moment that we're really seeing. Yeah. He never like acknowledges it. And I think I can see your point because ultimately I do feel like he did. I thought it was an interesting performance exactly because it's like this little, insular guy who doesn't know how to interact with the real world and yet now he's forced to both as the Batman and as Bruce and he's kind of like struggling to figure it out so he's just observing constantly Um, and I didn't mind that character note but I can see what you mean where it's like it would have felt more earned if he had acknowledged and and like continued the conversation or addressed it or kind of explored that more because yeah I guess ultimately you're right in that he doesn't he doesn't do a lot of talking (laughs) But I didn't mind that completely. I mean, I didn't hate it either, except for, I don't know, it just makes him sort of a hard character to... It was, like, funny to watch, like, um, Officer Gordon be, like, trying to bond with him, and it's just, like, he's giving nothing. (laughs) I think that, honestly, like, Jeffrey Wright and John Turturro, who plays sort of the mob boss, I think are the two people in the film who are kind of doing like the most giving the most, I mean, I think they're also probably like the two best actors in the mix. Well, I was going to get to Colin Farrell. So (laughs) Colin Farrell plays the penguin. Somehow or another, I had missed this memo Mm. in prior to watching the film. And so was watching, it was like, who, like, I was like, I've never seen this actor before, but you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just some random person. Um, And then it was only later that I saw like, Oh, Colin Farrell was playing. (laughs) the penguin he's uh, completely unrecognizable has like a full like body prosthetic Mm. face prosthetic these scarrings a sort of he doesn't have um his usual what is it irish scottish accent Mm -hmm. instead he's got like a new york side sort of thing going on Uh, i don't know if it's like a a good performance or a or not a good performance it's hard (laughs) to gauge because it's just like such something from like another world and not in the way that Jared Leto in house of Gucci was where it was like laughably bad. Like it didn't strike me in watching it while not knowing it was Colin Farrell as like, Oh, this is some like somebody doing something weird. Like I actually thought it was a actual person doing the performance, but it was an, an interesting choice to cast him in this role. And then I saw all of these articles afterwards that were sort of like, uh, like how dare we cast Colin Farrell in this role? We should have given it to somebody, um, you know, like a, a character actor who could have done it better. And then Mm -hmm. it just proceeded to like list off all of these just sort of like heavier set male (laughs) actors who they wanted instead. And I was like, uh, uh, like, they're like, bring back Robert De Niro. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, they were sort of like, like, well, why would you put him in this, you know, prosthetic when you could have just gotten someone who was like fatter in the first place? And <laughs> I was like a penguin. Right. And I was like, I don't think that's the point <laughs> of this character that the person is just like over. It's that it has a very odd build. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. I was like, I think that it's almost better to get. Colin Farrell and be like we're making this otherworldly like almost alien like creature with all of these prosthetics than to try to find somebody who looks like the penguin yeah I don't I was like I don't know like maybe I'm just being insensitive but I was like I don't necessarily feel like this was some kind of um you you know like when they cast like a a cis person as a trans person situation yeah because even like comparing Jared Leto in Gucci that was like he was fat for the laughs like that character he was meant to be personifying is a thin Italian man and they just made him fat because it was funnier and Jared Leto I don't know whatever and so this body shape was never played for laughs it was just honoring a like the comic, penguin book? comic yeah. book character but I mean 
Yeah, I don't know. Because I maybe wouldn't the... classify it as a fat suit per se, but maybe that's just semantics. Because it's yeah, more I'm... like a <laughs> penguin suit. I don't know. Especially the part where he's, uh, what, they like tie his legs together or something and yeah. he's sort of like scuttling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought he was I... great. I did. Yeah, I didn't think he was bad in the movie. I think he's getting a spinoff, supposedly, is the new theory. Um, Interesting. That Matt Reeves wants to do an HBO show and originally thought it would be a Gotham PD <laughs> police procedural. That got nixed. And so now he wants to do a Colin Farrell penguin, like rising up kind of Scarface show. I mean, I think Danny DeVito is obviously perfect, the perfect casting for the penguin and there will never be anybody like him but i thought this was good yeah honestly i thought yeah i can see your point about well i i don't know i thought i thought zoe kravitz was good i thought robert franson was good i enjoyed um alfred i mean not yeah, alfred i, I didn't think anybody the, was bad you just thought he was think... better in twilight <laughs> Well, I just didn't think he had very much to do. Like I, he carried the film with his staring and his journaling. Like, like if you cut out the journaling, <laughs> like how many I lines? I love the journaling. How many lines did he actually have in the film? But you that's know? okay. Silent movies existed before scripted movies existed. Like, right, but lines also do not make a great movie. Like he doesn't have facial expressions either. Mm. But he has a presence. He has a awkwardness like i thought yes, it was I interesting how he had to like handle walking through these rooms and i felt like that was an intentional like awkwardness when he's not in the shadows he suddenly is very like oh. chubby it's a pol- it's a it's a room full of police and now all of a sudden somebody in a giant bat costume shows up <laughs> it's going to be awkward no matter what i know but that's like acting. the fact that I, I, <laughs> Is it like it's like I mean, uh, it's like the degree of difficulty? I don't think is hard. I think you could put a lot of people in a suit and they would have done the exact same thing. I don't know. I thought I thought he he channeled this sort of uh, uh, this great. guy who could flip from being like I am shadow, I am vengeance, to being like I think that was hmm, mostly the what are the, we doing the here? Film work. <laughs> I think that the the beautiful camera work did a lot of the heavy lifting in this movie. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever agree or to on that, but I, yeah, I think ultimately, um, the, the more fun parts of this were the times where it leaned into sort of the, the mystery, the, the mystery. And then like the camp where it's like, he's solving these weird, creepy crimes and men are blowing up. Rats are eating faces. Like he's chasing a man with a car with a blue flame. Like, like there's a lot that's, and even his voiceover where he's like, they yeah, think I'm like hiding more- in the shadows, but I am the shadows. And like our scars can destroy us even after the physical wounds have healed, but they can tr- transform us. And it's like, it's funny to think of this little billionaire. It's kid so self-serious. There. It's so self-serious. <laughs> but I don't think so it was can- like... I think if you can, if you can, I feel like you somehow like managed to loop around the self-seriousness and come back to the fact that like, and find almost like levity in this in there the was fact a that literal was... thumb drive like that's camp that's camp okay that's literal like that's comedy okay yes that's intentional you can't you can't pretend and i think the way matt reeves talks about it the way robert panson talks about it they are making light of this guy who's making more troubles for himself because he can't process his own trauma and so he's like beating some the man to a pulp the and then end, saying though, like, where he's helping the people off the roof right. was so earnest i was just yes. like uh, <laughs> i can't but i think yeah i mean do do i think i think it's just an interesting journey they're putting him on where he has to recognize his own privilege per se as the vigilante who could um while also maintaining a batman image for the sake of a movie that needs a batman um so yeah i have have a question regarding the sequel before we sort of wrap up here um so obviously we got the tease that there's that there may be another joker which we've seen a million times over truly this the supervillain like beaten to a pulp at this point do we think that they'll go in that direction because it's the most iconic or do you think they'll try to spin with one of the other sort of villains in the Batman universe that we know, or do you think they'll go for something that's completely 
out of left field. I think it'd be tough to... I think the Riddler was played in such a Joker-like manner where it was like the psychotic break motivated by personal reason. I mean, the Joker ultimately is because he likes chaos. But here he gives the same speech where it's like, we're the same, which is honestly, I think, what the Joker says in the Yeah, Dark it's Nine. very like the Joker. And so I think it'd be hard to kind of avoid hitting the same notes with the Joker so I imagine they'd go somewhere else. But I also think Matt Reeves seems up to the challenge. Like he wants to try and twist things around like he did with Batman. So whether he'd be able to pull off a unique Joker might be an appealing challenge to him, you know? Yeah, I think I think I want to see... If I see the Joker again, <laughs> I want to see it in a... We've, we keep moving in a more like gritty way. And I want to see it in a more like fun way you, you know want what, I mean? what jim carrey was to the riddler um, i want like, like the joker who's joker. like a drag queen or something <laughs> you know like that's sort of the energy that i like a more glitzy version of the joker yeah. and then something less serious i would honestly love like a poison ivy in season in mm. the second one i think that's a villain that we haven't seen in a bit that could be fun to play with i mean obviously love mr freeze but i think that's <laughs> maybe a little too campy for this universe to contain yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting um to see how Robert leans into another franchise like this cuz um he started to lose interest in Twilight pretty quick, but hopefully this this excites him. Because if they keep if they keep dragging their feet through the same like muck, it's going to be hard to feel like they're breaking new ground. Well, hopefully they'll give him more to do in the second <laughs> one. Like he you did know, an like epic car chase. He he no, jumped he, off yes. a building with his I'm little parachute saying, could, suit. It was like <laughs> I would I would love to see him have some actual like converse like dialogue-y scenes with he's, somebody he's as he's sort of shy. processing things. He's he has social anxiety. <laughs> he doesn't know how to talk to cops even when they start to like him suddenly. Here's here's to praying that the the, the world has ended from global warming before the next one of these okay. comes out. Okay. Let's not let's not do that. You're making light of something serious, so. I mean, just like they're making light of people with thumbs removed. Oh, which is and a very also, serious... I mean the the comedy of the of the Riddler opening his video about like his you know his need for violence by being like, oh, and thanks for the tips on on like. <laughs> bombs i don't know there were just little i'm glad you were just like rolling in the aisle i wasn't for this rolling movie. but i thought it was like a refreshing like it felt campy and i will one say thing about this film it was not refreshing i will it was say a long that slog. comic book lovers whether you like them or you judge them really enjoy this film and they think it's one of the best batmans followed by the lego batman for what it's we, worth you love we you love to dump on these comic book lovers most of the time, and then when they support you, you bring no, them no, out. No, no, no. Like, what I'm oh, saying, what I'm saying I is, I think you are missing important context. That is like, it, it's not you know, it would color in the blanks that you're you're neglecting right now. And I think that's important context when you have someone who is trying to honor the comic books more than someone like Christopher Nolan was where the comics are dark they are gritty but they're also weird and silly and Batman's kind of weird and awkward and everyone's having a terrible well, time it depends on which comic books because <laughs> there's like every Batman he is every version has been written in a comic book you yeah. know yeah well but yeah so anyways that, that was the movie um it is three hours long and you feel you feel that last hour pretty hard oh yeah you do yeah um, you do. so uh, it, i thought it was a it was a good conversation starter i think it's an interesting batman to talk about which you know is different than how i felt about the different jokers we've had and all that so props to them for pulling off something interesting whether or not you think it was different enough to warrant another batman franchise but um Oh no! Like I think it was a a, a good uh, like a B like a B plus maybe. I really like yeah. the music. I'd probably give it lower than that, like maybe a <laughs> C plus. But yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing next week. I was looking, and there's no really movies that are coming out. And then we have, and then the following week is the year end ranking, and then the following week is the Oscars. So we got to figure out something to do next. Isn't week. the Adam Project coming out or something? Oh, I don't even know what that is. The Bin- the Ryan Reynolds movie. Is that 
if that's going to Netflix or something, sometimes those ones aren't on my radar. Um, yeah, I think it it's out. So we could do that. Oh, Maybe okay. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but we'll be back next week to talk about whatever we're talking about. And then, yes, the year-end ranking is right around the corner. Our highly anticipated episode. Um, will the that episode be longer or shorter than the Batman? <laughs> to be determined. Yeah, probably <laughs> somewhere close. Mm, but we will be talking more than yeah, Robert yeah. Pattinson did. Less staring. And less mood lighting. And hopefully we'll both have our thumbs intact. But anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.